Welcome to Freedom Friday. Mark Danolo here, Art School MBA and CEO of Sales Globe. And it's that day of the week when we get to take a fresh look at creative, data-driven problem solving. And today, I want to talk about why treat your customer like a criminal. And I want to start with a story. And it's something that happened with a well-known company. And I'm not going to bash the company. I mean, others have already done that. This is actually a hot news item. But I think it's a good example that we can look at in the spirit of creative problem solving to think about what some of the reasons might be behind this and, and why it happened and how we can apply that to our own organizations or situations we might encounter and how we can learn from it. This past August, a friend of mine was driving up I-85, coming back from vacation in Florida, and she, she rented a Hertz car for the trip. And everything was fine. It was a great drive until the tire on her car blew out and her car hit the wheels of a semi going down the highway, and it started to go into a spin. And as this is happening, the, the windows in the car blew out, and the car headed across the median toward oncoming traffic, and, and luckily the car stopped. And, and the driver of the truck and a number of other people uh, that, that were there on the scene, they, they came to her rescue, and, and they helped her out. And, and, and as the whole thing transpired, she ended up calling Hertz to let them know what happened. And when she did so, she, she was passed from person to person at Hertz. And, and they said they'd come and they would tow the car away. And, and she said, well, can I get another car since, you know, the accident was a, was a blowout. It wasn't her fault. And they told her, well, we can, we can get you to a Hertz location about 70 miles away. And they'd pay for a taxi, but that would be for a certain number of miles. So it would, it would get her part way there. So she's in shock at the time. And, and the police bring her back to the station, and she ends up having her sister come pick her up. Sister has to drive about 100 miles to come get her. And so Hertz never got her a, a replacement car. They never called her back. It was as if nothing ever happened until days later when she got her first robocall. And the robo Hertz call advised her that the car was overdue, and it'd have to be returned right away. And the call didn't give her the option of letting them know that she actually didn't have the car and, and what happened, which she thought they were fully aware of since they towed the car away. And then when she finally talked to someone on the phone, they didn't have the right information. And, and the robocalls continued for days. And there wasn't a way for her as a valued Hertz customer to close the loop with Hertz about what was really going on. And eventually the calls became more threatening. And she ended up turning the call information over to her accident attorney who spent hours trying to close the loop with Hertz. And I was shocked. I couldn't believe this story. I thought it was ridiculous. And, and then I learned more as I started to research a little bit. Over the past couple of years, hundreds of Hertz customers had filed complaints about being arrested and thrown in jail because the company accused them of stealing cars that they had actually paid for or they had actually, in some case, already returned. And, and lawsuits have been coming in for some time. According to one of the lawsuits, because of the false reports, Hertz customers were wrongfully arrested, sometimes at gunpoint by the police, thrown in jail, and prosecuted as if they truly committed grand theft auto. So it starts to get even more amazing. According to the court documents, the group of claimants in one of the suits spent a total of 2,742 days in jail or prison, which is more than seven years because of these false arrests. And some people took plea deals because they couldn't figure out what to do and they just admitted to it just to get get the whole thing to stop. And I thought, this was shocking. I mean, how could this happen? And then we find out on December 5th, just recently, Hertz announced it settled 364 claims and would pay out $168 million following one of the lawsuits. And in Hertz's response in court filings, 
They said what happened was contained to the company that collapsed in 2020 in bankruptcy that went Chapter 11, and that was the old Hertz, and, and that the new Hertz, of course, emerged from bankruptcy in June of 2021. June of 2021, that's odd because the story I just shared with you happened in August of 2022, which was well over a year later. So something was still happening. So to the new Hertz's credit, they got a new CEO, Stephen Schur. He's the new CEO of the company. He took the helm in February of 2022. And he's taken a new customer-oriented direction, which I think is great. And he acknowledged and he addressed the situation. Here's some of what he said. He said, my intention is to lead a company that puts the customer first and resolving these claims, we're holding ourselves to that objective. Well, that sounds great. It sounds like a much more customer-oriented direction, even though it still appears to be happening. So here's a key statement on Hertz's new customer orientation from the CEO. It's not acceptable to Hertz to have any customer, a single customer, sort of caught up in some of what's happened. So then he goes on to say, to put context to it, if you look at the several hundred people impacted, we engage in 15 million transactions a year, and this is one one-hundredth of a percent of those transactions. Well, that's a bit of a contradiction. It's funny how you can put it into numbers to make it insignificant, but for any customer that goes through that kind of ordeal and is thrown into jail and has their reputation ruined and experiences that kind of trauma, it's, it's not a rounding error. It's not insignificant. So you can't have the numbers work in both ways. So the new Hertz sets off in a new direction. So as I mentioned before, I'm talking about this not to bash Hertz, but to really look at this as a problem-solving opportunity and understand what happened. So in the spirit of problem solving, the question I have is, why did this behavior happen? And what can we learn from that? So this is a fresh story, and I'm sure a lot of new information is going to come out, but let's explore some of what we know and some of the possibilities. Number one, desperate organizations do desperate things. So financial pressure can cause desperation. Uh, Hertz was saddled with a ton of debt. They had made an acquisition of dollar and thrifty for about $2.3 billion, which was huge, and that was putting a lot of pressure on the company. And that translates into the organization. This is a point where leadership and culture matters, especially in hard times like Hertz is going through. The leadership messages and the leadership culture show through from the top of the organization all the way through to the customer facing. So some of what people may have been experiencing is some of that pressure being passed through. Number two, leadership messages, even small, have huge consequences. A message from leadership about revenue management or loss recovery in a tough situation like this, even a small message can have a large impact on the organization by cascading through the organization. So the message flows through the organization and sometimes it expands and becomes bigger. How many times have you seen an organization scurry around creating urgent initiatives or projects or meetings, all because the CEO or the president made a statement in a meeting that started this whole flow of activity? And then later the CEO or the president wonders why everybody did all this. They wondered why they created a major fire drill. This one CEO I know who's an abundant idea generator, he told me at this one point, he said, I had to tell my team when I come up with an idea or I propose something, don't do anything for 24 hours. Give it time to settle. He said, basically, all of my ideas aren't great ideas. Some of them are even good. And so that cut out a lot of crisis in the organization, a lot of misdirection by pausing and stopping. So leadership messages can have big consequences. Number three, a disconnect in communication across the organization from people to technology 
to the customer-facing resources and no closed loop with the customer, no way to respond back. So my friend in the story had repeated robocalls and there was no way to close that loop and no way to actually resolve the situation because there was a disconnect in the organization about what was happening. Number four, a lack of customer orientation. It takes a lot to follow through and do these kind of things to customers if you're actually customer-oriented in your culture, if you actually care about the customer. When you can say to have any one customer impacted is too much, but in the next sentence, convert that into one one-hundredth of a percent of those transactions, your orientation is actually clear. It's not about the customer. Number five, people were protecting their butts. They were more concerned with the relationship, in this case with the police, than with customers. This came from some of the court filings. In one hearing, the company's national vehicle control supervisor took the stand and he admitted on cross-examination that the police reports weren't always accurate, they didn't always have accurate information, and that Hertz doesn't correct or supplement those reports that it knows are false or misleading. He said that even when they learn about the information in police reports, if it's inaccurate, they don't correct it because it would hurt the relationship with the police and the police would no longer take those reports. So they were more concerned about that relationship than the customer relationship. That came directly from one of their executives that, that ran this part of the program. And number six, the question of what other motivators could there be? Now, we don't know the rest of the story at this point, but let's look at some possibilities based on prior things that have happened like this. They may not be true in this situation, but they can happen in any organization like yours. Were there expectations from leadership that were flowing through? Were there KPIs, key performance indicators being measured that included things like loss recovery that maybe were too aggressive or misinterpreted by the organization? Were there incentives for loss recovery that were unrealistic? And, you know, you get what you pay for when you do that. So sometimes incentives don't work for you. Or perhaps it was something else. So we'll yet to see the rest of that story. But this ongoing situation, it gives us a great example of what we can hopefully learn from and apply to our own thinking. So ask yourself if you're the leader or if you're responding to the leader's direction, ask yourself a few questions. What's your macro situation and what kind of pressure is it creating for leadership in the organization? So what's the big picture situation? What kind of culture do you have? And how do you respond to those kind of situations culturally? What are the messages that you're communicating to the organization? And how will they be interpreted or misinterpreted? What kind of safeguards or circuit breakers do you have to prevent leadership messaging from getting out of control in the organization? Is your organization connected to a common customer experience and communicating across the organization's customer touch points from human to technology and can the customer actually respond and close the loop on that? To what degree will your culture cause people to protect their butts versus surfacing a problem? Are they safe to surface those problems? And finally, what are you measuring and motivating with your teams? And are those metrics connected with your C-level goals and the customer experience? So I think a great case, a great story, and some great examples to think about as you think about how you work in your organization and how you get your messages through. So consider these ideas in your Creative Friday and every day.